0: In France, there are approximately 150,000 influencers. Their work can include product placement, tutorials, and even promoting cosmetic surgery.
1: While
0: most struggle to make a living from it, some influencers have made it a lucrative business. What's more, at times, hiding behind the products being peddled by influencers are scams. Among the most widespread scams is so-called copy-trading. The practice involves advising amateurs on how to imitate professional traders and make a profit. All this for a seemingly simple registration fee. We spoke with one man who fell victim to a copy-trading scam. Slim, hello. Hello. You fell victim to a scam uh, used by an influencer. How did you fall into this trap?
2: I first came across this influencer on a well-known reality TV show in France. Then I started following him on social media, and he promoted copy-trading every day in his stories. After seeing these almost every day for months, I thought, why not try it? I knew nothing about copy-trading at the time, but he promised considerable profits. I thought, this is someone who's well-known, he wouldn't scam his community, he has a level of legitimacy. He would also share stories of other people who'd made money after following his copy-trading advice. So all of that, plus the way he showed off his extravagant lifestyle and emphasised his entrepreneurship and business savvy, got me interested. I thought, why not give it a go?
0: On your site, the AVI, you make reference to uh, influencers who are unscrupulous. Can you give us an idea of the type of scams that you're seeing uh, that people come to you and talk to you
2: about? We often see scams involving copy trading, so that's making financial investments, but we also see NFT scams a lot. These are digital works of art linked to cryptocurrency. There are also a number of scams involving influencers who are supposedly going on humanitarian trips and fundraising for them. But there isn't more than one type of scam than others. There are really all sorts.
0: As well as uh, warning people about the dangers of falling victim to scams on uh, when it comes to influencers, you also offer legal advice and encourage people to, to, to press charges if they are the victims of these kind of, of, of scams. Is it difficult to get people to, to go forward and to press charges?
2: A lot. It depends on the type of scam. If it's anything that involves financial advice like copy trading or NFTs, it's not that hard because they've lost money. When people have bought something via an influencer but never received it or were never refunded, it's not hard to persuade them either. But there are some cases where it's more complicated. For instance, when an influencer does charity work, like organising a humanitarian trip, and people donate. These people don't want to believe some of their donations have gone into the influencer's pocket. But that's what we suspect, because there's a total lack of transparency from the influencers. In France, when you start a charity and fundraise, you have to account for where the money has gone. But these influencers will close their organisations without publishing this. It's a bit more difficult to persuade people of it.
0: In terms of people who come to see you at your association because they've been scammed by an influencer is there a profile are we talking about people with with modest revenues people who are very rich and have a lot of money to spend what's the
2: profile we see all kinds of people some are very vulnerable and put in all their savings because they trusted the influencer and have lost everything we've seen families torn apart divorces We also see businessmen who have a lot of money and want to invest it in, for example, NFTs and who have trusted these influencers, but they've been scammed and lost everything.
0: In an attempt to fight against similar scams and regulate the world of influencers, France's National Assembly has adopted a law co-written by the socialist MP Arthur Delaporte. Arthur de Porte, hello. Hello. You uh, proposed this law uh, to regulate influencers. It's taken time, it's proved quite complex. How have your political opponents, other influencers and, and consumers uh, responded to this law? Do they think it's necessary?
3: Yeah. At the end of the day, there was a general consensus about the necessity of it, because till now, it's been sort of the law of the jungle. The absence of rules meant that influencers could do whatever they wanted.
4: And even if there were already laws, they didn't know what applied to them and where they fit in, so we had to act.
0: Some influencers were uh, promoting uh, medication, others, uh, plastic surgery, for example. It's been a, a difficult time. The time has been now to, to regulate that,
4: ultimately.
3: Yes, absolutely. We had to act for public health reasons because currently there are influencers that are paid to sell things as if they're health products when they aren't. For instance, with food supplements, some influencers would make health claims about them, like, for instance, saying, you'll be healthier and slimmer after after drinking this miracle tea, when in reality it might be sending young girls to hospital with anorexia. So there were public health issues that meant that this law was necessary, and it's a step in the right direction. It won't necessarily satisfy everyone or solve every problem, but it will raise awareness of the risks, both among the general public and the influencers themselves.
4: You've
0: also uh, spoken about counterfeit products, products that are simply not what they say that they are, but they've nonetheless been promoted by influencers. and People have lost a great deal of money.
3: Hmm. Yes, there were counterfeit products that were made to look like the genuine products were being sold at a discount, when in fact they're cheaper because they're fakes often made in China. There's also the drop-shipping problem, when companies which are often Chinese sell low-quality products on a third-party website, and these are sold on at much higher prices by influencers on this platform, and often the products don't arrive, or even if they do, they're not compliant with European standards, or they're of poor quality. So our law says that the influencer is responsible if they sell a product that's counterfeit or not compliant with European standards standards. We're giving the influencer responsibility for the products they're selling.
0: One of the things that's interesting about your proposed law, um, Arthur Delaporte, is that it's not just about protecting consumers. You also say that there's a real need to protect influencers. Yes, because
3: one issue that's come up because of all these problems is a loss of trust in influencers. They're not responsible for everything that's on the internet. And there are a lot of content creators who do their job very well and who produce videos or stories that may be inspirational or instructive or promote positive values. So at the end of the day, the point of this law was to restore trust in the influencer business by creating a framework. And spreading the message of this is about what you have the right to do and not to do.
0: Arthur De La Porte, thank you for speaking to us
4: today. Thank you very much.
0: According to one marketing agency, the average influencer in France has 50,000 followers, a far cry from those followed by millions of people. And contrary to popular belief, some 85% of influencers earn less than 5,000 euros annually. In 2015, 31 year old Mathilde, a former social worker, became a yoga teacher and content creator on social media. sur les
1: genoux, les paumes tournées vers le ciel. Connect,
5: les pouces, les index entre eux. Hello Mathilde. Bonjour, Rochelle. Hello Rochelle.
0: You say that you're a content creator and not an influencer. Is there a reason that you
5: make that distinction? C'est vrai je ne suis
1: plus à l'aise avec ce I'm
5: no longer really comfortable auteur, with the title of influencer. Et
1: je me un petit peu plus
5: I feel like content creator suits me better.
1: Me plutôt créatrice de contenu. I think that's because
5: TV reality stars who have gone on to become influencers sometimes convey a slightly negative idea of the job and unfortunately tarnish its reputation. Now, I would imagine there are lots of different
0: companies that you could choose to work with. How do you choose the, the partners that you're going
5: to, to essentially work with?
1: I really tried to
5: choose brands that I would personally use day to day or that I have really started using. I'm thinking in particular of cosmetics or food or sportswear or yoga
1: brands. I always take them for a
5: test run before I talk about them. We hear a lot about overconsumption linked to the influencer business, receiving non-stop packages, etc. Overall, I'd say I accept about a quarter of the offers I get. Is it possible to make, as things stand for you at the moment, a living from being a content creator? I personally have made it a side job in my case. I consider my main activity to be yoga teaching, organizing yoga retreats, putting on events. Being an influencer is almost just a hobby actually. It's the kind of work where the income fluctuates a lot. There are times when you can earn a good living and other times when it's almost nothing. Sometimes clients don't pay in a timely fashion so you have to change. There's an instability to the job that I'm not a
1: big fan of.
5: MPs at the
0: National Assembly are studying a law that will regulate influencers and the job
5: that they do. What do you make of that? When I heard about the idea for the law, I thought it was very interesting. And I think the most important aspect of it is that it recognises that being an influencer is a real job. It gives it a proper status. I think that it will allow us to be clearer about where we stand, be it for influencers, brands or agencies. And it could also help reassure consumers in relation to all the content they can access via the people they follow. I'm not sure if it will change much for me personally day to day, because I've noticed that brands and agencies often already draw up contracts voluntarily. The biggest change for me will be having to specify every time whether a collaboration is paid or not, which before was often done as a sort of side note, sometimes upon request or not by the brand, it wasn't necessarily automatic. So I think that will be the biggest change. Increasingly
0: uh, today the job of an influencer is considered uh, very attractive by young people. Why do you think that uh, young people are so inspired by uh, the job that influencers do?
1: I think that like in every career,
5: especially in highly exposed ones like this, you need to do it for the right reasons. So not just for visibility, self-promotion, pseudo-celebrity, or even for money. Because I think that a few years ago when I started, first and foremost we shared a passion, and from that we created a sort of appetite around what we shared, thanks to our authenticity.
1: And I'm afraid that
5: now it's the other way around, and people think, what could I share so that I can be famous and earn money?
1: Can we still be
5: as authentic then?
1: I don't know. The way the job seems
5: to be going, I'm not sure I'd like to have a teenager myself now. Mathilde, thank you for sharing your experience with us. Thanks so much for having me and for giving me a chance to talk about this interesting topic.